Absolutely. Wow, that's already going quick. Um, hello, I'd like to welcome on to We Go Again podcast. It's Christian Smith, who's made it back from Brighton and is back in Gainsborough again tonight. <laughs> and sat here in West London, it's me, Rob Overfield. Busy as always with Hampton. I probably might even disappear during the podcast because there's things to do. So. But that's the nature of the summer. Signings and things changing. Yeah, always a busy time in football. It just doesn't stop, does it? Hi, guys, it's James Barton here in, uh, in Berkshire. Um, yeah, we thought the season was over, but it's far from it. We've had, uh, since we last recorded, what, European finals, Nations League, the Women's World Cup's on, Copper America star in the under-20s have been playing. It's, you know, who said it was the end of the season? Yeah, that, that's that's the thing, because um, I, was, I was reading one of the an article about the Liverpool team, and how they only get guaranteed three weeks off. Yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's... I thought by law you're guaranteed more than that. It should be. I mean, it, <laughs> it, I mean, as a, as a fan, obviously, we don't see the day-to-day that they do, the effort they put in. All we see is minute one to minute 90. Um, I, don't, I sometimes don't think we appreciate just quite how hard a life it must be because of, you, to take into account the travelling as well for, mm. for the away games, especially... Um, as you say, for the, for the likes of Liverpool, Man City, the ones that are playing in Europe, travelling travelling out all over the place, and then, of course, part of their pre-season is going to be in the four corners of the globe as well. There's international football for yeah. Them. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not as. Um, I'm not as. I don't know. I don't feel sorry for for the travelling around the four corners. Of the globe, I, that, I don't. No, I, I feel sorry for the players, not the clubs. I mean, the players didn't don't want to do it oh, you know they would much rather do what they used to do in the old days and go and play the local you know yeah. liverpool would much rather go and play tranmere and and marie on july the 11th that's their first oh, well, first game yeah. it'll be a it'll <laughs> but, be liverpool but then, they're, then they're playing Napoli in scotland yeah. oh, all these yeah, all these other yeah, things. yeah I, I know what you mean it, it's you know it's it just never ends as i say i'm you know you've got the um the copper america starting so there's going to be uh, players from the Premier League going going out to, to that, and um, yeah, and as you say, three weeks is is just nothing, is it? I mean, it, that's just scandalous. I didn't realise it was that short, and that is that is shocking. Well, to me, to me, it just shows how much, how how lack of, how I don't know how lack of consideration now there is about anything as long as it has to generate money. Yeah, well, yeah. The authorities don't give a shit. They just do not care about the players' no. welfare. No wonder no, it, players are dropping dead, you know, from heart attacks at, at 24, 25 years of age, or you know, don't last very long after they retire and things like that. It's just the the mm. stress on their bodies from the travelling, from playing constantly, from training all the time. I mean, they're elite athletes, but that means they're strangely are more susceptible to things because you know they're so highly strung and and highly tuned and the slightest little thing can put them out for for months or even worse and it you know some something's got to happen because they as you said the you know like the in the summer you've got these international whatever it's called the international champions i mean what is that that's just that's just absolutely rubbish i mean it it's i if i was a manager i would take the under 23s to those tournaments and i would i would give my senior squad an actual summer off i would you know i would I would tell them to come back three weeks before the start of the season and just do a pre-season with them and just have the youth players play in these stupid summer tournaments all over the place because but I think ridiculous. what they did a couple of years ago with the summer tournaments is give them 
a route into Europe to make sure that they were treated as um, a real thing. So I remember Spurs qualified one time for the Europa League um, by winning one of the little round, the round robin four four tournament. Oh really? Uh, I mean, it, I, it's still for me. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know, it just you've got you've got to put the players' welfare first. I mean, the Nations League. I've loved it. Um, speaking of one of the tournaments it's been on um, because it's, it's meant we haven't had meaningless friendlies uh, we've had competitive games that have meant something but again that that just adds to the uh, the schedule doesn't it you know you've got all these competitive games that that, that carry promotion relegation they carry um, uh, a trophy if you're in the top division um, and qualification for Euro 2020 and you know while I've really enjoyed it it's obviously it it doesn't let the players take a breather at all. It doesn't let the managers rotate or experiment. They've got to play the strongest teams. Um, so you, you know, you see players rushing back from injury and things like that. And yeah, it's just, it just seems to be competitive match after competitive match. It's just mm. piling it on. Yeah. It just goes to, it just, I see for me, it's got to the case of there's more football and I'm even less interested in what, what football there is. You know, I mean, there's all the international matches. There's, you know, there's all the big showpiece finals coming up. And I find myself being even less and less bothered about actually trying to watch them just because there is, you know, it's getting to the point of there being an oversaturation of covered football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will probably probably watch less Premier League next season now that Huddersfield are in it Um, because, you know, obviously I watch Huddersfield matches every week when I could. And um, you do just kind of start to to watch it a little bit more because it's the division you're in. But mm. now, now that we're not in it again, um, I, can, I can go back to happily watching the, uh, the German league and, and the odd championship match here and there. So hopefully for me, it'll take a little bit off. And as, as we'll get onto later on in the, uh, in the show, I'm sure I'm dangerously close to falling out of love with it. And the way things are going with the new rules and things, it's, it's, I'm, I'm on the brink at the minute. Well, let's, before we talk, before we than that, let's let's talk about England being on the brink of getting through to a final <laughs> and capitulating. It was it was, it was shocking. Um, I mean, we didn't play well. Again, I mean, Netherlands deserve to go through, but that that goal from Jesse Lingard. This is going to sound like sour grapes because I'm an England fan, and it is. And but I've said it before about another game. I can't remember what game it was. I've said it before on the podcast. How can you give offside because? The toe of his boot is ahead of the defender. I mean, what sort of advantage is he gaining from that? It's, it's absolutely ridiculous, the, 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 the finite margins that they're using for offside. I sent you guys a screenshot yesterday, didn't I? Of the mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the one I was going to say. That was, a, that, that was a good goal for South Korea and would have turned the game around for them. Now, in fairness, the, the assistant referee flagged, in, so it was ruled out in, in live play and VAR upheld it which I don't know if if they should have overturned it. But, I mean, it was essentially ruled offside because her arm was offside. Now, I'm sorry, but unless that's a rule change I've missed, you're not allowed to score with your hand, so it shouldn't count as offside. So No, that... the rule change has now changed. You are definitely not allowed to score with your hand because you can pull back for a free kick. 
Oh, he's funny that rule is in 86, eh? Um, <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. I, just, <laughs> I, I always thought that was the rule, but... <laughs> yeah, I just, well, I think, I think in some parts of the world it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that, that's going to... That was... Um, that would have made it one all, I think, in that South Korea game. It would have done. And yeah. instead, South Korea went on and lost 2-0. And they lost the first game to France as well. So they're basically out now because they've got a minus six goal difference. I mean, it's going to take a hell of a swing for them to finish uh, in the goal difference for them to finish third and have any chance of getting through as one of the best third place teams. Well, they've got to beat Norway as well. Yes, which, you know, isn't going to happen, is it? Let's face it. And, um, you know, I just... I, it, this The whole VAR thing is just... It, it's it's getting too pernickety. It's getting too picky with what it's giving. It's it's obsessed with this matter of fact. It, it's, I mean that that Jesse Lingard goal would never be disallowed in a million years in live play because he just wouldn't see it. I mean, I I went absolutely nuts when he scored that um, because you know it was six minutes from the end of a semi final. I I was jumping around the room in danger of waking the kids up, and then as soon as you see it come up, VAR goal check you know immediately it's getting ruled out. It just always does. As soon as you see VAR, you know it's getting ruled out. And ah, it was gutting. But uh, we did deserve to lose the game. I mean, regardless of the mistakes that were made by um, by John Stones or whoever, Netherlands were better than us. They deserved to go through. In the third-place playoff, VAR got one right there because Callum Wilson did pull defender's arm, pulled him down to the ground um, for five seconds before he scored. VAR there called that one perfectly um, and, you know, gave us the glory of winning another penalty shootout. So um, all good there. But it's, I just, it, it creates, it, VAR, I said it before, VAR was supposed to stop debate and it creates more of it, which I guess is a good thing. <laughs> I think it all comes back to a conversation that we've had many times on this podcast in, in about the way VAR is being used. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not really helping, you know, making things any clearer because you've swung from one extreme where there was obvious, you know, obvious mistakes being made by the referee that were making, um, you know, a big impact on the end result. And now you've gone the other way where you've got tiny little infinitesimally small degrees of error being picked up as well and having a similar massive effect on the end result of the game. You've gone from, you know, taking out the big decisions that are wrong and changing, substituting them for little, tiny, correct decisions. And I'm sorry, but that's, that's, got, that's swung too far. That yeah. is really swung too far. I mean, you can't... Yeah, OK, if, if he's a couple, of, if, you know, a couple of feet offside, fair enough. Those can be missed by the assistant referees. We know that. That's the kind of thing that, you know, VAR, I guess, was intended to try and take out of the game but now they've gone to the point where you know it can be a couple of inches or you know as you said james the arm is put is, is making you offside you know it's just i just think the you know the laws of the game have just gone too far we need to specify what part of the body being offside is relevant is it any part of the body the torso or what it's a case of it's gone too far there needs to be some clarity for those matches where VAR is being used on what, it, you know, what decisions, what degree of decisions it needs to be used for, and then you you, you, know, you open up another can of worms. 
Because then you've got to decide, you know, this but not that, or that but not this. And where are you going to win? You, you know, you're going to be no better off in the but end. Just, there was actually one today. I don't know whether you guys saw it because yes. I was working at home today. Yeah, um, the, the winning game. goal today for yes. Australia, yes, she yes, was yes. a yard offside. Yeah, but it was an own goal, and she wasn't challenging the player that scored oh, the own goal. She was standing next to the lassie, and there is no way on earth she did not know she was there, which is why she went for the ball, made the mistake. Yes, Sam Kerr never touched it. Uh, yeah, to be, yeah. But I mean, that was clearly offside when the ball was played, and this this is where this is where it's getting getting on my nerves. Not just not just the panicky the, the finickety of it. But also, you're looking at the time the flag is staying down for so long. Lydia Williams nearly got kicked in the face tonight, mm. this afternoon, because the flag was down and she had to go and make a save. Can I just you know, how, how, clearly offside. How good a game was it, though? It was brilliant. Oh, brilliant. And it was a great advert for the game. The one, I mean, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right in what you said. I mean, at the end of the day, yes, she was offside. And this is what they need to clarify. They need to simplify the offside rule. So that if you're offside, you're offside whether the ball comes to you or not. You are offside. Because I don't know about you, Kristen, um, but I got the impression that they didn't actually really know what to do there. They did. I don't no. think they actually knew what the rule was. <laughs> they didn't, which is why they got the referee to go and check yeah, the monitor. But then even then, I don't think she knew what no. she should what she should she do. She watched it enough times. I yeah. I wasn't sure because she was interfering with play to me because she was close enough she well, was in the proximity of the defender. Of and... course she's interfering with play. She's between the cross and the goalkeeper. She she yeah. she is interfering with play and the ball comes in her general direction, which used to be the rule. Um and that that's what they need to clarify. They need to say, look, offside is offside. It if if the ball slid forward and it comes anywhere near the blade of grass you're standing on then it's offside and i'm surprised they didn't disallow it because if they disallow it it goes to 2-2 and you know that that's a fair result i mean that's ended up being the winning goal in the game so and could be pretty decisive in terms of who finishes where in the group and you know the route in the knockout stage so well this this is the thing i'm waiting for jamaica to win against italy yes and make this a, such a tight group with all three all 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 teams being on the on, on three being points. on the three points. Yeah, but the we, women's World Cup for me, uh, as we we shift, I don't want to t- just talk about VAR. There's there's a couple of points which have been really winding me up. Um, one of them is if you kick the ball mm. and the player steps into your follow through, you guess. get a yellow card, and they'll give a penalty or a free kick against you. Which I think is very harsh. I think I said I don't know whether you guys managed to check one of them um, in in the game I sent through, but it just didn't make no sense to me. She cleared the ball. The other you talk about last night's game. Uh, this was actually the Spanish game against uh, Spain game against uh, Republic of South Africa. The girl uh, she had cleared the ball. Ah, oh, okay, I didn't see this one. And she jumped, and the the other girl jumped in with two feet, trying to trying to stop her clearing it. It's a similar sort of thing uh, to the situation last night in the French game. Yeah. And to me, she's cleared the ball, and it's a follow-through. It's one of those things. It's a contact game. You have to you have to say it's unfortunate, but how can it be a free kick? And that's one of the things that has just been winding me up. It, it seems that 
I don't know whether the standards of refereeing this World Cup compared to Canada in 2015 is a lot higher, but they still don't allow a lot of physicality. But actually, that referee last night in the French game, I thought, was one of the better ones who allowed a lot of physicality, um, apart from that one incident there where she decided, no, that was a penalty. She's a very experienced referee. I can't remember her name now, um, but it's a name that I'm familiar with, and I'm not a massive... she did the Olympics. Uh, yeah, the Olympics. I'm, see, I'm not a massive uh, women's football follower. I'm in, loving the World Cup, and hopefully it'll it'll help me get into women's football in general a little bit more. Um, but even not being an avid fan, the the name of the referee, even though it escapes me now, it it was familiar to me last night. Um, in last night's game, sorry, and yeah, that that um that that penalty that France got. I mean, again, it comes back to VAR. It was it was a it was a clearance. And her follow through, you can't stop the momentum of your leg. <laughs> you just can't stop it. And unfortunately, yeah, it, it makes it makes a little bit of contact. It's a contact sport, people. Do you know, you know, it, and then she goes over to to check it on the screen, and all she gets is half a second where her foot makes contact with the other player's knee, and she gets that on a loop from one angle only because we see what she's watching she yeah. doesn't get it from any other angle that show that actually do you know what that's not a foul she doesn't get it at normal and speed. the fact that the french last went in with two foot two feet yeah <laughs> she she does she gets it at slow motion she gets it at the point of contact and she gets that little half your brain can't process what you're watching because as soon as you've registered that you're watching it, it it's looped back to the start and it's doing it again i've said this before that's that's a big problem for me with var it's you slow anything down and it looks like first degree murder <laughs> you know yeah. any it it just makes everything accentuated and it it just looks a hundred times worse than it actually was that was never a penalty in a million years um i mean you said we wanted to move on from var we're not doing a very good job of it um, well, i just go wanted back to, to the mention ch- one one thing afterwards but i'll let you carry on but you go back to the champions league final that penalty after 30 seconds that's never a penalty in a million years and we'll get onto it with the handball changes, I guess. You know, that came off his chest and went onto his arm. How is he supposed to control where that ball goes when it comes off his chest? Um, it, it wasn't miscontrolled. It was hit against him. Uh, you're going to see I so many penalties like I that was, in the Premier League. Sorry, sorry, James. I no, sorry, think if you look at Sadio Mane, he looks at where the guy, where the arm is. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're going to see that. 100 times this season in the Premier League. You're going to see it for that penalty. You're going to see it in every other match this. And then there was um, in the England Scotland Women's World Cup, our first goal, I think, was a penalty for handball. And there was, yeah. they were debating it. And it's like, how are you debating that? It, she stuck her hand out and the ball hit it. So that's not even up for debate. I mean, I think I didn't see it in real time. I'll be honest. It went to VAR as well, that one, didn't it? And Yeah, I, I shouted penalty as soon as I saw it. That was as cl- I, don't think I, was, I don't think I had my eyes on the screen at the time, but that was as clear a handball as you'll ever see. So, yeah, I mean, it's probably a good time to go on to talking about the handball changes and things like that. And um, But I just, I, sometimes they, they brought, it seems like to me they brought VAR in and all it's done is muddy the waters because the rules on each individual thing aren't clear. They you, they talk about using VAR for clear and obvious. The rules aren't clear and obvious. So, you know, if, if you're still having subjective opinions on what should be fact, then it's, it's not working, is it? Well, let's let's look at it this way. And I know, Rob, you're going to be able to come in on this because you've, mm. you've had a little bit of a scoop. Um, mm. 
But let's let's just take the handball changes. It's pretty much if it hits your arm or it hits your shoulder or anything along those lines that you're basically going to get a free kick against you if your arm is in an unnatural position Mm. and has made your body silhouette larger. So in other words, you're running because your arm's always unnatural. It's away from your body. Um, What's unnatural about that? Unnatural would be keeping your hands pinned to your side while you're running. That's unnatural. Standing with your hands behind your back as you're trying to block a cross is which unnatural is, which is what a lot of them a lot of them have already started doing yeah, last this, season we, we yeah we see that now it's i'm yeah i mean it's handball's always going to be one of those tricky ones isn't it because there's always going to be that debate of was it ball to hand was it hand to ball was it deliberate was it not you know did the did the, did the attacking player deliberately kick it against his hand should should his hand have been out there and ah uh, it's the, the the whole thing about it being unnatural just again that's not a matter of fact is it so how's var supposed to rule on that because that's not clear and obvious and it's not a matter of fact so how how do you rule on that yeah i mean i've been having discussions with uh, with somebody quite well up in the local referee society here in middlesex through a series of articles I want for, me, I want for the club magazine. And after discussions with him, I feel that the end result of all these changes with the handball and its interpretation of the rules and so on, it could well, and I'm not thinking it'll be soon, but I'm pretty sure it will happen, is that it'll be a case of, no matter whether it was intentional, unintentional, whether the arm was in an unnatural position or not, it's just going to end up being a straight case of if the ball touches any part of the arm, you know, no matter whether it was time for the player to get out of the way or not, it's just going to be given as a free kick. That is where I feel the law is going to end up. That's the but, only option for me. Yes, I feel that's the way it will go, James. Yeah, Because be- now the inter- interpretations are getting slightly convoluted and get slightly, you know, hard to understand. And, you know, having, you know, discussions with referees that I've had in the last few weeks, that's the conclusion I've come to, is that it'll be just any contact with the ball, no matter whether, you know, whether it was meant or not, is a free kick. Say, for an example, the players on the floor, you know, it's, it's, yeah. the challenge for the ball. They've slid in, yeah. They, they've slid in, they've both gone down. All it would take in that rule would be one player to just tap it against the guy on the floor's arm and the referee would have to give a free kick, whether it was intentional, whether it was controlling the ball or not. That is the way it's going to end up. Have any of you guys ever played, not ice hockey, the other hockey, the field hockey type game? Oh, uh, yeah, where it, where it hits your foot no matter yeah. what happens. Exactly. Yeah. That is the same. Good. That, that is the way it's probably going to go. If there's any contact with your foot when you're playing hockey, it's a free hit, no matter whether it's intentional. Me that. Yeah, well, that's the way football could end up going with handball, I believe. And if it does... Yes, it will simplify our things an awful lot because there'll just be no argument. It's a case of, it touched your arm, don't care. It touched your arm, free kick. You'll, you know. you'll, have, you'll have like 12 penalties a game. <laughs> well, this is it. This is the way then players will have to adapt by doing what they're starting to do now, which is keeping you know arms, hands and arms as far behind the back as they can. You know, And you, you, as you said, you're seeing that now. And that's probably going to be, end up being part of the game before so, too much longer. If you're defending... You know, if you're in a defending position, 
and you know you, you've got say like the winger flying down the flank at you you're not going to be able to you know keep your arms by your sides you're going to have to try and run along or you know in some way move across the ground with your hands, hands behind your back all the time because you will not be able, not be able to know if he's going to so, yes. so here, here's the scenario then so you you're you're a defender and the opposing team's on the attack and a cross comes in and it's it, it's kind of blocked and half clear toward to around about 20 25 yards out and up you've come with a Steven Gerrard type player bombing onto that to smash that that ball as it's coming in smash it goalwards considering how hard they can hit that if you're a defender coming in to block that what is your natural reaction as that ball hurtles at 100 miles an hour towards your face? It's to mm. put your hands up. It so that be. is going to be given as a penalty. If you don't do it, you're going to get a broken nose and a probable concussion. Mm. So, yeah. it, you know, but, but you know, the, the only way you can, if you're going to use the AR for handball, the only thing you can do is say, yeah, if it hits your hand, even if you're protecting your face from caving in, <laughs> the only... Mm. You know, it's a it's a it's a handball. That that is the only you, you can't you can't say unnatural it's unnatural position because who who is a referee who has never played the game or a VAR official who has never played the game? How who is he to say? I'm sorry, Virgil Van Dyke, your arm was in an unnatural position. What the hell does he know? How's he know what Virgil Van Dyke's natural position for his arms are when he's jumping or slide tackling or every player's different. Everybody's different when they when they make a defensive movement or or slide tackle for the ball or or block a shot. Some players are braver and will take it in the face for for that reason, not to give a penalty away. But you you know, you can only lose so many teeth before you decide you know, you can only have so many blackouts before you think hang on do you know what this just ain't worth taking it in the face anymore it's you know it's i just I'd, to me the easiest thing would be to get rid of var because it's causing more problems and it was it was supposed to solve everything it was supposed to make the referee's job easier and for me it's making those poor guys and girls jobs a lot lot harder because going back to that penalty last night in the france game she did. The referee didn't give it. The no, play she carried was very on. close to it. The, yeah, the player carried on, and then she gets a voice in her ear saying, "You might want to go and look at the monitors on that." So if you put yourself in her position, if you're now the referee being called to go and look at the monitors, what is your mindset now? You are now predisposed to think, "Oh, I've made a mistake here. I've got to give that." And then they show you that one angle in slow motion at the half second loop of her foot connecting with the knee. Well, of course you're going to give the penalty because you're already going over there with the mindset of I've made a mistake. There's an assessor in the stand. If I, if I don't change this now and give this penalty, I'm going to get marked down. I'm going to get suspended. I'm going to get demoted. And, you know, I'm not going to get the big game next week. You know, it's going to put me out of the running for the semifinals and the final of this tournament. You know, the most prestigious tournament, the most high profile women's world cup of all time. It, you know, it, career wise, you just, you know, it, it's the pressure you've got, 40,000 people in the stand. It's the home nation. It's a potentially match-winning situation. And, you know, it's... No, I'm sorry. It's it's not making their lives and their jobs any easier. If anything, it's making them 100 times worse. Well, one of the things that is making their life a little bit easier, another rule change, is one that I'm just... My son saw a game today for the first time in a while and said, the ball never left the area. 
Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. Just, it, it doesn't the, have to now, does it? No, no. go kick off the floor now. It doesn't have to leave the area. No. Is that, the, is that in effect now? Is that? It is. It yeah. came in on the, the, um, came in on the 1st of June, but I don't know if it was in, put in place um, to be you know, valid for the Women's World Cup. It is. But, yeah. See, this is a new thing. As soon as the ball is then played, it is deemed, you know, a, a, well, as soon as the ball is touched and moves off the place where the kick has been taken from, it's then live. The thing, the thing is, that, anybody that, that is a rule change I agree with. Sorry, Robert, that is a rule mm. change I agree with. It's one that is, mm. is you know, the stupid mm. in this day and age of yeah. how, how teams now set up, both in both defensively and in attack, because we see it now when a, a goal, goalkeeper's taking a goal kick and you'll see the, the, the opposition from three or four all on the edge of the penalty area waiting to cut off the short pass and it, you know it, it's a lot of teams now play out from the back they're goalkeepers that's what they do they don't hit it long because they haven't got a seven foot striker up front anymore it's, this isn't the 1970s you've got Sergio Aguero up front you've got Leo Messi up front you, you've got technical players you can't hit it long to them so you play it out from the back so this now means to me I would say I would is it is it still the attackers can't enter the penalty area until the ball leaves the penalty area still is that still in uh, I'd have to, I would have to have me to look at that, James. Uh, if you give me two minutes, I'll try and find yeah. the, the new list of goals. I'm just wondering if, if the goalkeeper could lay it off to a defender and then the defender can spread it out to the wing or whatever, but the attackers still can't encroach on the penalty area. I don't know if that's, if that's a thing. Or can they, can they immediately swarm in on that centre-back who's on his six-yard box? Because if that's going to happen, we're going to see a lot of goals scored that way as well, I think. Mm. Well, I, th- I think there's reasons behind... Uh, these changes it is this it was it's stopped the cynical play where you were you're a bit you were un you didn't want the ball you're being closed down right. too quick and stepping into the box to make the reset the goal kick and everything but right you got the you got the answer have you rob yeah i've got the got it here this because the international in the international football association board i've got a new app which has got all the laws and all the changes oh, in it so it's going to make life a lot easier downloading now so i'm reading it now and this is what it this is what it says now the ball must be stationary when it is kicked from any point within the goal area by a player of the defending team the ball is in play when it is kicked and clearly moved opponents must be outside the penalty area until the ball is in play so as soon as there's contact by whoever's taken the goal kick they can then go into the penalty area wow so it's so it's not set to um does it say rob what happens if i do a naughty and i scuff my kick and then i'm the goalkeeper and then i kick it again because that would be not passing it to somebody would that be a reset kick? what a double touch from the keeper no i don't i don't i don't know um like i say that's not really that's not made very clear but from what i can understand um I was just thinking, as long as, as long as you've kicked it and it's rolled, then it's in play. But I'm just, I'm just trying the cynical Kristen here because I'm never cynical, me. Of oh dear, I've not kicked it right. If I go and kick it again now, I have to reset the goal kick and it will stop the attacker getting it. Oh, can I just say this app is brilliant? Yeah. Yeah, I've it's, it's good. It's going to it's going to help answer a lot of questions. Yeah, so every, I recommend everybody gets on their app store and searches for iFab and, um, yeah. and downloads this app because it's absolutely brilliant. 
But then it'll take all these um, fans who don't actually know the laws of the game. Yeah, it'll make 606 a more boring place, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, here, right. here we are. Christian, it's funny you should mention that because there is an example given on, on law 16. If the ball is in play, the kicker touches the ball again before it has been touched, it has touched another player. An indirect free kick is awarded. Oh, so that's, that's even better then. So, so basically, if whoever kicks it, scuffs it, he then can't touch it again until another player's touched it. It's like a penalty then, isn't it? If he's... Yeah. Yeah. If, as a consequence, um, I mean, that would be an indirect free kick, which is bad enough. That's going to be a bit like the old pass-back fun and games yeah. that we had right yeah. in two. But however, if the kicker in attempting to in some way prevent, you know, somebody playing the ball... Like a like a member of the opposing team, and he commits handball. It's a direct free kick if it is outside the area. If it is inside, it's a penalty. Unless the kicker the was the goalkeeper. And if yeah, he's the goalkeeper, then it's an indirect free kick. Again, everyone, if you you know go, go onto your app store, you know Google Play, download the iFab app. It explains the laws brilliantly. Gives you all the changes. You know, you cannot claim ignorance now. Yeah, I, I, I think because it's, we all like to. Oh, oh, oh! Sorry, I've just watched. I've got, I've got the South Africa China game on, and there was a, there was a chance there, but she scuffed it horribly. Um, yeah, you should because if you if you love if you love the sport and you know you want you want to be able to back up your point because everyone has a point when they're at the you know when they're in the office on a Monday morning. Mm. You know, and if you can back it up and say, you know, no, actually, I'm right. If you look at the rules, then this or the laws should have mm. And mm. You know, and we, I, we have a culture, don't we, that we just, we believe we're right and regardless, even when it's in, yeah. back, in front of us. Yeah, yeah I mean, you go, go, and, go and educate yourself about the changes because there, there are changes that are made that you would never, ever know about. The tiny little insignificant changes yeah. that you would never know about. Um, yeah. I remember when I was, um, when I was coaching coaching the under what would we have been under eights i think when it came in the, the rule about the kickoff that you could kick it backwards um rather than having to have two people and you touch it to each other you can actually kick it as, as we do now you can kick it back and we were doing it and the opposition managers were like what are you doing that's not allowed and it's like really you're a qualified coach and you don't mm. know that, that law change i mean it's yeah. that's a pretty big one that's start that's restarting and starting the match that's quite a big change yeah. not that you don't know it, 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 yeah, I mean, it is quite a big change. I mean, there's so many changes and different modifications to the laws for this coming season. You know, say for an example, um, say for an example, you know, a team is like a coach or a manager is basically misconduct in the technical area. You know, he can still be shown a yellow card or a red card. However, if the if the offender can't be identified. Right, so something's happened, they know something's happened, but they can't pinpoint who it is. The senior coach in the technical area would then get the card. Oh, oh right. that's going to be wow. open to interpretation well, under, under rights. It just says that is. senior coach. If so a t- you know, team official is guilty of misconduct, to. can be shown a yellow card or a red card. Oh, I, I, they're covering the back there, aren't they? Because that's the case of if the manager's already been sent off, then the assistant manager can get the card. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah, like I say. Everybody should have a look at this and just look at the changes because this next this coming season there will be a lot of arguments and you know 
everything will be just changed. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to because I do watch, um, obviously I watch a lot of La Liga, I, I do watch Serie A, I do watch the Bundesliga, and these, these leagues all have VAR, um, but I'm not 100% familiar with the referees the same as I am in, in England, in the Premier mm. League, so it's going to be interesting next season to see how the, um, the Premier League referees, how they deal with the VAR, because mm. I, think, I think we might get a better impression of, of how VAR... That's going to sound really arrogant as saying we've got the best referees in the world, but I, I think because we know the referees in this country is what I'm saying, we might get a better idea of how VAR is. Yeah. Because we know uh, our officials. I'm uh, also I also think the VAR will have much much many more angles in the Premier yeah. League. Oh yeah, I think we, so. have, we have what is it, 25 cameras at every game or something stupid like that? Mm. I mean, you're not going to get this this thing where your referee's only got one one thing but they need to show the they need to show the build up they need to show i don't know if it's like no, they need to show it on a big screen big jumbotron <laughs> so everybody yeah. can see it like in rugby they can all see what the referee's seeing and the referee makes the decision not in a little booth who say oh i'm not even going to explain why i'm i've chosen this so that's the only thing for me. It needs to be less confusing for the people in the stadium. I think that's the big mm. thing as well. I mean, I've not been at a match where VAR has been um, consulted no. because it, it didn't come into play when I was at, um, at the Barcelona match in uh, mm. in April. It did, didn't come into play. Uh, so I've not actually experienced it in the flesh, as it were. So, yeah. It, it, but from what I've heard, it's confusing for the fans that are in the stadium. And that's what needs to be well, I think this is this is the thing in the in the Australia game earlier on today. They were actually screaming for VAR while the VAR check was going on. Hmm. So we knew back home with a little little thing going on, uh, we knew there was a VAR check going in and happening. Hmm. Uh, it just it just seems a, a strange one. So I just want to move on because uh, I don't want to waste any time. And so let, let's look at one of the other rule changes. Substituted players can leave any the field from anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've only seen the only ones I've seen do this so far are ones who are losing. It still <laughs> yeah, seems well, to be a lot of them running off to the middle of the pitch and shaking hands with the person coming on. Well, I I, I like this rule change. I think it should. Oh, I think it's, it's a great rule change. It's, it's obvi- a good rule yeah, change. Yeah, because it's obviously it's designed to stop the time wasting, isn't it? If you wander up with five minutes to go. And you, we see it all the time, don't we? The, the, the left winger all of a sudden ends up over at the right back spot because it's the furthest point from the dugout. And um, I think the way to stop that, Kristen, if they start walking towards it, you warn them, tell them to get off where they are. And if they don't, you book them straight away. Simple yeah. as. And if, the, if they're on a yellow card, then that substitution ain't happening, mm. is it? Yeah. I mean, I think, and obviously, I'm assuming, um, you know what they say about assuming, but I'm assuming that is the power given to the referee on that one day. but yeah. it's whether the referees feel brave enough to implement that yeah. especially, especially if it is um if it is leo messi for instance and he's been booked during the game um and he does that and he would the referee dare send off leo messi for the first time ever you know no. so that's that's the uh that would come down to it. If if the player hasn't already been booked, then yeah, fair enough. Mm. But if it's a big name player, Paul Pogba or someone like that that has already been booked, might you might mm. see it not happen. But yeah, I think it's it's a good rule. But 
will it be implemented? The, mm. the, you know, it comes down... Ooh. Yeah, China just scored. China scored. <clears throat> Breaking news 24 hours after it happened. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I, it, it's... it's um, oh, lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, the dissent thing. When you you know when you crowd the referee, the referee is supposed to have the power to, to book all the players. That are, but they never do. The referees mm. need to be brave. No one's going to... No one's going to criticise him for booking six players because they've all crowded round him, threatening him and yeah. shouting it, screaming. Apart from the head. dreaded referee's assessor in the stand, that's the, and that's all they, yeah. and that's what sometimes they're looking at. Well, then they need to get marked down for not showing a yellow card for it, and you know, and then they'll soon start giving that yellow card, and players will soon stop doing it. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I've noticed about this this Women's World Cup is just the it's it's very much like rugby. They don't always agree with the referee's decision, and they'll have a look on. And then that's it. They're gone. Not respect. And, some, yeah. and we're talking some seriously controversial decisions. As we've covered. Mm. And they have a little moan, like yesterday with the penalty. Even the, the woman, uh, I can't remember her name, um, Ender Bergen or something like that, the Norway defender who gave away the penalty, you know, she got booked. <laughs> she was like, for what ref? For what? You know, and, but then, you know, five seconds and it was done. And um, France the penalty and that was it it carried on you know if something if that exact situation happens in the Premier League next season you're getting you're getting 10 minutes added on at the end because you're going to have 11 players crowded. well this is where I'll disagree with you James okay go for it. you won't get 10 minutes added on no you'll get three <laughs> no you'll get 10 minutes added on of which and this seriously has happened in one of the games I've watched over the Women's World Cup they added on three minutes, of which they took two and a half minutes of that to do a VAR check, played yes. 30 seconds, and then blew up. Yep. And there was another one where there were two minutes, they just scored again. Oh, okay. That's a VAR check. Definitely. Okay. I'm, I, I've got it on my tablet on the uh, on the iPlayer, so I, um, Sorry. I'm, a, I'm a little behind. They're just about to take the corner. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, there was one of them where... A free kick was given just a few seconds in, and basically that's a goal. I'm just watching it now in real time. Well, yeah. Oh, did he go over the line? You'll see. A, you'll see a replay in a second. Did they not have the, um, the goal line technology then? I they, thought they did. They don't have their buzzy little watch. I'm surprised at mm. that. Surprised they've got VAR and they haven't got the little uh, the little watch that we have in the Premier League. Um, oh well. Um, but, but basically, there's been two. They've added on time at the end of the game, and then they're just sticking to that time, regardless of what happens yeah. in time. That's, so that's, that's always been a thing, though, hasn't it? I mean, even if yeah. even bef even um, a, a game gets out of time, and then you have substitutions. Oh, they haven't given it. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't. The angle that they showed on the replay was from inside the goal. I mean, what's the point of that? <laughs> um, but. Um, yeah, we, we see it all the time, though, don't we? We see goals scored in stoppage time, substitutions in stoppage time, and they never they never really add on sufficient over and above the three minutes or four minutes or whatever they've added on. Hmm. Um, a lot of the time, we see it. We see the referee blow up before that, and it was hang on. It's like hang on a minute. You're you're the referee. You're the one that dictates how much added time, and it's a minimum of. And you blow the final yeah. whistle before we've got to that. So, mm. You know, I'd, yeah. I mean, mm. so that's 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 the bit that's that's my worry. What's going to happen next year, next season? It's hard to say. Hard to say next season. Like you say, 
like we started out with, it's still not stopped. Yeah. Can, um, that can, basically, there's going to be too much of that. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Um, can we finally... Oh, no, we've Goal got... Line Technology has said it did, did rule it off. Oh, okay. Fair about enough. It didn't, from that ridiculous replay in the top of the net, it didn't look like it was in. Um, yeah, so I suppose... We should talk about that thirteen nil, shouldn't we? Well, this is this is what um, once again my cynical way. I'm looking at it. They're still trying to sell soccer to the Americans. Mm. Um, fun fact: the American women team scored more goals in that one match than the men's team scored in nine years. I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> so in fifty-five minutes. That? So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I didn't watch a game live um, because I didn't actually realise it was on BBC Four. I was looking on BBC One and BBC Two in the iPlayer, and I couldn't find it. Um, so I have seen the goal since, and I've heard all the debate and things like that. And I, ju- I don't, I don't get it. I mean, there's, there's people criticising them for carrying on and scoring 13 goals, and um, there's, there's people criticising them for celebrating. The um, you know, from seven onwards or whatever, and I'm 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 sorry. This is football, right? This is a competitive sport. The idea is that you play for ninety minutes and score as many as you can. Am I wrong there? I mean, you, all right, fair enough. Thailand, you know, will be humiliated by that, and you know, you feel sorry for them. But this is a competitive game, and what? So they should have stopped at six. Um, Alex Morgan shouldn't have gone on and broken the record and got five in a in a game. Carly Lloyd shouldn't celebrate because she's come on off the bench, an American legend, and scored the 13th. And what? She shouldn't celebrate scoring a World Cup goal. I mean, come on. This is a World Cup. This isn't a this isn't a qualifier against San Marino. I mean, this is a World Cup match. You celebrate. You celebrate your fifth goal. You celebrate the 13th. You go on and score 15 if you can. You just you, you go and you do it. And you, there is no debate in my mind. And, you know, I'm happy to be to be shot down by one of you two if you disagree. In my mind, you celebrate like mad if you want. You carry on and you score as many as you can because the game is 90 minutes long. What's the point of spending mm-hmm. the final half an hour not trying because you're 5-0 up? Why, why would you do that? Well, this is it. I mean, I know there's some people, you know, basically think because it's gotten a bit humiliating that teams should ease off but i don't know i don't think i don't think you should because in some way you're not being professional you're not you basically you're not you know giving respect in a strange way that was respect that was my next the exact same thing i was going to say james you're not showing respect to your opposition you're just basically just you know just just trying to save something for them I'm sorry, I, you know, there's a lot of me that agrees with you on this one, James. You cannot, you know, in, in this kind of situation where it's a, a big world tournament, there's, you know, there's, you know, there's lots at stake. You know, you can't go disrespecting your opposition and treating them like they're kids just because you happen to be able to score 13 goals. You know, they, I mean, those Thailand players, It'll have been yeah, it'll have been a hard experience for them. But then again, look at what they will have picked from that game. What would they have taken from that game? A lot. And you know, it's, easing back on them is almost an insult in many respects. 
So I don't have a problem with the way the USA went about it, to be honest. I mean, you, you look at um, a player like Alex Morgan. Um, I've just got a Wikipedia page up at the minute. Um, she scored five of the 13. She plays for Orlando Pride in the um, National Women's Soccer League in, in, in America. Um, she's, she's 29 years of age. Um, she's played for quite a lot of teams. She has played for Lyon, who are the best team in the world. Um, but I'm, but my point is, she wants to score as many goals as she can for for her own um, personal scoring record. Of course, um, I don't know where she is in the list of all time scorers, but you know, you're talking about breaking records. Why would you not want to be in a record breaking team? Why would anyone complain about the fact that? Scoring 10 and a half is a record. Scoring 13 is a record. Her scoring five is a record. Why? I don't, I just don't get why anyone would have a problem with that. Unless you're from Thailand. And then, yeah, of course, <laughs> you're going to have a problem with losing 13 nil. I have no, you know, well, that's not an issue. I mean, yeah, good, come on, Christian. What's, um, what, what are your, what are your thoughts on it? They should have scored more. Perfect. Happy day. Sim- so we're all on the same page. Sim- yeah, the, simple, simple as, the only per- the only person that could have stopped stopped anything going on was the referee. And I actually said it to my daughter, and I said she's adding on four minutes, which I thought, okay, the ref could have blown up and said, "I'm not going to add on any extra time. It's twelve nil already. I'm not going to add play any extra time because it's no point." The referee turned around and said, no, we're going to play four minutes extra because that's the rule and I'm going to stick to it. Absolutely. It's professional. And mm. No, so she was doing her job. She's the only yeah. person who could who, who could have eased the pain. But time and don't mind. That obviously, you do mind when you're getting hammered. But it shows the gulf. You've got a multi-million pound, a multi-million dollar rather, because it's the U.S., um, organization and it shows the gulf between that and thailand where you've got part-time non-league players effectively playing against the best in the world yeah by mm-hmm. far and oh, yeah. you don't expect them to hold back i wanted one of two things to happen i wanted either thailand to hold out for a, a one nil loss or a nil nil draw at the end or, you or want double figures. i want them to actually get hammered you want a bloodbath yeah exactly yeah Mm. Yeah, and as soon as the first goal goes in, then you say, right, now I want that a record score. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm just looking. I mean, she is. I mean, as I say, I'm not a, I'm not a expert on women's football. I don't claim to be. Um, Alex Morgan seems to be a legend. Um, she's got 106 goals in 164 games for America, so she is an absolute legend of the team. And mm. you know, from her point of view, and some of her goals were spectacular as well they were absolutely brilliant i mean okay take into account the opposition fair enough um but yeah i mean some of the goals they scored were was were just superb and the other thing as well is this is a competitive tournament they are one of the favorites they are one of the favorites don't you want to send a message to the rest of the teams in that tournament the rest of the tournaments are now excuse my french are going to be shitting themselves I get to because they're going to be now watching the US in their next game, thinking, "Holy crap, we are in trouble here," yeah. you know. Because all right, thirteen, as you say, against an amateur side um, is you know you take that into account. Um, but the the um, the the um, the confidence in that team now is just going to it's you know that is going to take yeah. some some deflating. Um, the the only thing it does do is it. it, it it calls into question the organisation of the tournament uh, because they've 
they've extended it to 24 teams this year a bit like they wanted to do with the men's team taking up to 48 which means you would get teams like i don't know latvia or something like that and you would quite possibly see estonia get smashed eight nine nil in the group stage in that so Mm. that's the only doubt it raises in my mind is should thailand have even been there with all due respect should you know because if it wasn't a 24 team tournament they wouldn't have been um so that's that's you'd have to to lose some european teams and they're not willing for that we wouldn't have scotland and england scotland game uh you wouldn't have france norway germany spain fair enough and this is why i like the nations league because down you, you you play teams that are of your level so you know you've you've got scotland playing teams that are that are the same level as them instead of going into a qualification campaign and thinking oh for you know we've got france and germany in our group again or you know we've mm. got absolutely no chance of getting through that whereas in the nations league they've got a chance because they won their group in the nations league they've got a playoff guaranteed despite the fact they got embarrassed in kazakhstan they've got a playoff mm. they've got a lifeline and i think mm. that is why i think the nations league other than the fact that mm. it is competitive games it's that's a it's a fantastic way in for teams like this teams like mm. san marino that are going to be able to get competitive victories because they're playing teams like luxembourg or gibraltar they're going to get experience i mean it's, it, it doesn't mean we're going to see san marino get into the quarterfinal of the world cup yeah. anytime soon but it might mean that they can develop a little bit and it might mean mm. that their fa put some money into the game because they're they're saying hang on a minute we could we could maybe do something in the Nations League here. We could maybe get a playoff place for a for a tournament. Do you know, you know, it's mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's the I, I hate FIFA, I hate UEFA. I think this is the best thing that's ever happened in Europe for football. I really, really do. I loved the Nations League. It was it was brilliant. It really, really was. And you know, even though we lost a semi final, who cares? We beat Spain and Croatia to get there. <laughs> we won a penalty shootout again. You know, we were we were a size eight boot instead of a size six boot away from winning the semi-final. So, you know, mm. it, it, it's all good for me. I, I love that Nations League. I can't wait for the next one. One thing that the 13-0 victory for the, U- for the USA would also have done would put pressure on the teams who were also in the same group. Because now they're going to be playing Thailand and thinking, yeah, the US have scored 13. If we only score four, we've failed. It's putting pressure on the teams around them in their group to, you know, if they want to qualify and it comes down to goal difference, that's, the, you know, if they don't do it, if they don't do the same, they're going to be, you know, they're going to, you know, they might have a problem qualifying. And then that makes life in a perverse sort of way. Not as hard for Thailand because the teams will then be under pressure. And, you know, in the, if they're not scoring and, and Thailand are, you know, defending as well as, you know, defending with their lives, you know, it's going to get harder and harder for the, for the other teams in the group to actually get, you know, a, a meaningful result. So, you, know what, you, know, you know what I, I love about it is, is the fact that it's, it's com- it, you know, obviously, it's completely different to the men's game in that oh, yeah. Japan are good in the women's mm-hmm. game. Argentina yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, well, they are in the men's game at the minute, but <laughs> in in you know historically, Argentina are a powerhouse. Yeah. Their women's game is growing a lot. I start getting, in, as you know, I start getting into Argentinian football a lot, and I'm by osmosis, I'm picking up little bits about the women's game as well. And it's it's 
it's kind of a long way back from England, but it's progressing nicely um, and it, it's coming. But, you know, you've got Canada, who are a good team in the women's game. Mm. Um, you know, it, so I love that fact. I love that bit that it's you, you just have to kind of re-educate yourself that um, Italy beat Australia in the uh, and it was a shock. And I was like, Italy beating Australia is a shock, really? And, mm. you know, but in women's football, that's a shock. And yeah, I, I love having to, you know, I love educating myself about things like that. I love having to realign things because you can just get stuck in a rut and mm. just watch what you watch and like what you like. And that's why I've made a conscious effort to watch the, the Women's World Cup because, you know, teams like Norway are, are, are giving me a, an education in into which teams are good and yeah i'm i'm loving it it's been a it's been a huge success i mean i i don't know if the standard is is good compared to uh like leon and chelsea and and, and those guys in the in the domestic games and the european competitions so i don't know how it compares to to club games but i haven't ever in any of the matches that i've watched so far i haven't felt like wanting to turn off I've been engrossed in every game I've watched. Um, so for me, it's a huge success. I, I think it has been. <clears throat> I think it's been a successful welcome back and a little chat for us all tonight. Uh, so, James, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, yeah, loved it. I thought this been one of our best ones yet, I think. Um, it's, it's been it's been brilliant. We didn't come in with any sort of running order, and yet we've waffled on for an hour. So <laughs> and I didn't, didn't even mention there's been a couple of other things that I've not even mentioned, such as... Yeah, why do <laughs> why, why didn't... Well, yeah, forget, forget about Eden. Mass, massive transfer, you know. Well, so we've not mentioned him. We've not mentioned the fact that there's so many players slipping at the uh, Women's World Cup because they all wear silly moulded studs rather than proper, proper yeah, boots. It's the um, issue of the size of the goals, should they be smaller? There's, you know, endless debates. I mean, the VAR one, we could still be going till a week oh, yeah. Tuesday on that. Yeah, um, we could. But yeah, sorry, to get back to, get back to what you're saying, yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at GamerJamesFM and there will, you know, if you follow me on there, you will see what's happening um with um with videos and everything and i've i've missed you guys the last couple of weeks it's been really good to be back oh thank you very much james yes <laughs> um and uh, i'm still out there you know i'm busy at the moment because um hampton in the middle of signing players you know we just put four on the books in the last 24 hours so there's press releases website articles uh social media teasers to put out as well I managed to find a couple of hours though to come and sit down and do the podcast. So yeah, still out there on Ray Bid Robo and still loving his non-league football. And you can still follow the show at uh, We Go Again on Twitter, <coughs> on Twitter, and also We Go Again podcast on Facebook. Or you can go across to WeGoAgainPodcast.com and subscribe and find any of the back episodes there. But really, whatever you've been doing, I thank you for listening.